The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. We're joined now by Isaac Stonefish. He's founder and CEO at Strategy Risks, uh, here to talk about the latest on China's COVID developments. And I just want to start off, uh, Isaac, by getting your personal view on what's going on. You've lived in Beijing for quite some time. Uh, Can you give us a sense of what's happening on the street and people's mood when it comes to exasperation, I guess, with COVID restrictions? Watching the protests this weekend was so incredibly intense and seeing people gather in streets that years ago, even weeks ago, you'd never dream of coming across a mass of people shouting slogans that were so critical to the party. So it's really, really a momentous move. Also, at the same time, it does seem a lot more likely that we have viewed the most exuberant part of the protests and that the rest will be quiet crackdowns and again difficult to predict but this feels like that was the the biggest roar that we'll see so far does that necessarily mean that the energy the pressure that has been building underneath the surface is is going to dissipate or or does it potentially have uh, the possibility of becoming magnified So much depends on how Beijing and how local governments react. If they just quietly arrest people, if they're able to blame this on on local officials, then I think the anger could really dissipate. If there's, say, a massacre of protesters, violence against protesters, if anyone becomes a martyr, then we could really see this becoming a movement. Yeah, well, censorship and enforcement is really only as effective as the censors and the enforcers. So these people are also living under lockdown. How united is the government and its assorted apparatus when it comes to keeping the crackdown going? That's an excellent point. The technology is there for Beijing to do a blanket ban on all of these discussions. What they don't necessarily have is the hearts and minds of the hundreds of thousands of individuals involved in the censorship apparatus who, like you said, have also been living under lockdown and frustrations. It's very difficult to know how divided the party may or may not be, but it's a large, relatively diverse body. And we can only expect that there are a lot of people inside we're very, very frustrated with the way things have been going. So if more vaccination uh, is kind of one of the keys to kind of liberating uh, from this current state, um, is there any chance in your view that Western mRNA vaccines could be introduced maybe for wider adoption than what is presently being approved under emergency use for foreign expats? It's certainly a possibility. One imagines that Beijing is at the same time trying to develop its own effective mRNA vaccine and trying to figure out if there's a way that they can, say, rebrand 
Western vaccines as Chinese vaccines so that they don't have to say, well, this is coming from Pfizer or Moderna, but this is coming from a Chinese source. And I think they're having pretty serious conversations with the pharmaceutical company majors about whether or not that's a possibility. But as we've read from the reports, those companies have been quite vague about what the conversations are. Uh, we're getting news today that uh, China is also making a huge push to ramp up vaccination of the elderly. But it does kind of beg the question, why wasn't this done years ago? Uh, is China really ready to, to lift COVID restrictions? The health system uh, might be coming under a bit of pressure too. Like the United States, China has a pretty faulty health system, even worse in a lot of ways. I think the other thing we need to keep in mind is that we're now getting pretty close to Spring Festival, which is the Chinese holiday where hundreds of millions of Chinese will go to or from their homes. And that's a super spreader event, like something you can't even believe. And so I think the question is both, are they going to do a mass campaign before that? Or is the idea to keep things small, keep expectations modest, and then really try to come up with a plan for opening up in February or March or April. When you look at the way that the market responded yesterday in Hong Kong, a lot of enthusiasm. Some of this, I don't want to get into the weeds here, You know whether people had been short assets related to China and they had to cover their short positions. I mean, generally speaking, do you think the world should be skeptical about uh, a meaningful recovery and some some economic juice to go with it? Or is there a real risk that, that the Chinese economy could just languish for, for quite some time? Absolutely. There is certainly a very large risk it could languish. And I think one thing we really need to keep in mind is that so many people talking about COVID in China will quote government official numbers, same thing with economic numbers and productivity numbers. And we all know, and the government is very explicit, that those numbers are politicized. Those numbers are oftentimes very much not accurate. So those who are trying to get a good concrete portrait of how China's economy is actually doing need to use non-traditional sources of data and use official Chinese statistics as just but one of many inputs in putting their models together. It's interesting you make that point because later today we'll get to the official Chinese PMI readings. Isaac, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Isaac Stonefish, founder, CEO of Strategy Risk, talking about the COVID situation on the mainland. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.